0: Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. So now that we're not working all the time, my issue is I just do not feel like working at all. (laughs) I
1: know. Well, especially because I feel like all of the life stuff that's been waiting for you know months and months and months I'm now trying to get it in now like every doctor's appointment that kind of thing totally September October is just like one giant doctor's
0: appointment (laughs) yep Hi, and welcome to Happier in Hollywood, the podcast about how to be happier, healthier, saner, more creative, more successful, and more productive in a backbiting, superficial, chaotic, unpredictable, fundamentally insane world. I'm Liz Craft, a TV writer and producer living in LA, and with me is my high school friend and writing partner, Sarah.
1: That's me, Sarah Fain. On this podcast, we talk about being writers in Hollywood, how we balance a career and friendship, and how to survive the war of attrition that is life in Los Angeles.
0: In today's episode, we're going to talk about the strangeness of being in the in-between time. Then in Take a Hike, we'll discuss asking for what
1: you need. We also have a brand new segment, Behind the Episode, where we'll share fun info from behind the scenes of our most recent Fantasy Island episode.
0: Finally, this week's Hollywood Hack will help you seize the day. Sarah, before we dive in, I should mention that you have a pretty horrible cold. (laughs) You So if, if people notice your voice sounds different, that's why... But rest assured, everyone, it's not COVID. I think you've you've been tested twice and you tested Violet.
1: Yes. I did Violet did a home test. I did a home test and I did a you know drive-through pharmacy test. So I feel confident it's not COVID. It's just a very unpleasant cold that Violet picked up at camp.
0: <laughs> well, I hope you feel better. Um, there is a cold going around, so
1: Yes, and I'm drinking my throat coat tea, which I believe was a Hollywood hack at some point. (laughs) Yes, it was. And it does help. Oh, good. Okay, Liz, it's time for From the Treadmill Desks of, where we talk about what's most pressing in our work psyches. And this week, it's the in-between time.
0: Yes. So what is the in-between time? It's It's sort of purgatory, Sarah, for um, the creators of a television show. (laughs) Um, The show has premiered, but we don't yet know if there will be a second season. So that's the in-between time.
1: Yeah. And of course, when some shows premiere, like Empire, they have these crazy, amazing numbers. And it's just like, well, clearly this show's going to be on for a long time. But when most shows premiere, the numbers are sort of like in the middle. Yes and especially now there's this bizarre thing where ratings have become sort of incomprehensible because yes. people don't really watch on the night of they watch on demand they watch on hulu they watch on you know fox.com or whatever the equivalent network platform is so numbers are coming from all over and it takes a long time to sort them out
0: yes they trickle in day yeah. after day so the ratings for basically any show can be interpreted as great, terrible, or somewhere in the middle, depending on who and how they're being interpreted. Yes. So it's 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 a weird thing where you just don't know what you know.
1: Yes. And I will say we feel really good about the Fantasy Island ratings as they come
0: in. Yes.
1: We're getting a really huge bump from delayed viewing, and people are really watching the show and loving it, which is really exciting.
0: Yes. And Sarah, I should mention that on Hulu, like we've had momentum where our numbers like have increased day to day. Yeah. Which is, I think, fairly unusual. So hopefully that means we're getting word of mouth. Yes. Now, I should say the last like 45 seconds of our conversation, this is a snapshot of what we could do all day, (laughs) every day. (laughs) (laughs) Rehashing. This exact information yeah. and other bits and pieces <laughs> on a loop. And this is an essential quality of yeah. the in-between time. Exactly. <laughs> You've just experienced the in-between time. In real and then time. you look up other shows from years past and see what their numbers were on different days when different number episodes aired. I've been doing a deep dive into the Beverly Hills 90210 numbers, the reboot, but... Having said that, and of course we are anxious to know what the future holds, we have noticed that we are far less anxious on pins and needles, stressed, whatever you want to call it, than we usually are.
1: Yeah, and I think part of it is we're still working. Right. Like we're still deep in post on the later episodes, which is another quality of the in-between time. We're not done with this. We haven't started something new. We don't know if we should think about a season two where it's just all very like, hmm. But yeah, we are less concerned. I think part of it is we just really love the show and we're really proud of the show. So it doesn't feel like such a judgment. You yeah. know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I just feel confident in the show.
0: Yes, also, you've been very distracted by the fact that you just made, like, a major life-changing move. Well, there's
1: that, yes. And being sick on top
0: of it definitely is <laughs>
1: is also distracting.
0: Um, and I feel oddly at peace, Sarah. I mean, yeah. I'm joking about the deep dive on numbers, and I do do that. But, I mean, I haven't been laying awake at night like, wondering, as I usually do with my stomach roiling. That's, you know, that's the usual state. And I really haven't been doing that. I haven't been living in it nearly the way um, I normally would.
1: That's great. I mean, I think that's just indicative of, for whatever reason, we sort of feel optimistic. And in three months, we may regret that optimism. But I don't think so, because it's like, what's the point? Even if the show doesn't get picked up, our better mental health in the meantime is only a good thing.
0: Yes. And I mean, Sarah, <laughs> I feel so good about this show. I actually want to go on the record. Okay? okay. Okay. Even though maybe it's bad luck to say it out loud, but I absolutely think that there will be a season two. You
1: started a Google doc of season
0: two episode ideas. So I yeah. did because I said, you know what? Sooner than we think, someone's going to want us to send like (laughs) 10 fantasy ideas and I want (laughs) to be ready because I just think the show works. It does. And obviously I'm not objective, but we have such a great cast. It looks so good. I smile when I watch cuts. Like I'll text you like, I can't stop smiling. I know. I am enjoying this episode and I just feel in my bones that there will be a season two. I could be wrong, but I'm going on the record look for season two of Fantasy Island next summer.
1: I love it. Well, and it's interesting because as writers, we always talk about the importance of scripts and everything starts at the script. And that is a 100% true. But Liz, you are the person who always says, ultimately, it comes down to a cast. And do you have a cast that works? And our cast, I mean, Roslyn is amazing. Kiara is amazing. John is amazing. Like, they just work. They are a great team. And they're so fun to watch.
0: Yeah, and it's a combination. Because we've had other great casts where we haven't gotten picked up. But the difference is it's the combination of cast with material, like it's yeah. the right material for the right cast. That's why it's
1: called lightning in a bottle.
0: Yes, exactly. That's why my personal symbol, Sarah, is lightning, because <laughs> yeah. you have to get everything yeah. at the same time, which is just so hard. impossible. So yeah, I think we've got lightning in a bottle with this one, not because we're so great, but just because the whole thing came together, the entire team came together. So um, we'll see. But anyway, meanwhile, as we go forward through this in-between time, I am getting many doctor's appointments done. So (laughs) that's how I'm handling it. Same. That's exactly what I'm doing. (laughs) Liz, that's
1: a perfect segue into our next segment. Take a hike right after this break.
0: Okay, Sarah, it is time for Take a Hike, in which we discuss mental, physical, and spiritual health. And today, it's mental health and physical health. Ask for what you need. Now, I think we've talked about this notion before, because again, what we find is that the same themes come up again and again of what we need to work on. But I take it as a sign of growth that I think we're both actually getting better at asking for what we need, and we sort of noticed this, and we thought it was worth pointing out just because if we point it out, hopefully you'll look at your life, you know, listeners, and ask for what you need in these situations. And our situations were very different. But it
1: happened on the exact same day. Like, you texted me, and I was like, yes, I just did that. (sighs) Um, So Liz, you start. Start with your experience.
0: Okay. So as we mentioned, doing a lot of doctor's appointments right now, catching up. Um, I had to get my blood taken yesterday. Now, I really hate getting my blood taken because I have terrible veins. So it's very hard for the person doing it. And because I have such bad veins, I have developed this vasovagal reaction. I may have mentioned it before, where I often faint when I get my blood taken if the person can't get it right away. It's the tapping of the vein that really sets me off, uh, not the blood being drawn itself. So anyway... I went to a lab. First of all, rather than driving all the way to Beverly Hills to my doctor's lab, I emailed and I said, can I just please go in the valley because it will save me like two and a half hours. And they were like, sure. So then sent me the <laughs> prescription. So first of all, I got what I needed because I went close to home. Which is huge. Yes. Yeah, I mean, that's so huge. Uh, why was I not doing that before? I don't know. It's just, you know, a politeness of not wanting to suggest I could go somewhere else. Then I got there and I was in the room with the phlebotonist. And I just said, you know what? I get faint. Can I lie down while we do this? There was a bed in there. And lying down gave me so much more confidence because I said to the guy, I said, look, if I faint, it'll just be a small nap. Like it's no big deal. <laughs> what do you need anyway. <laughs> Which I need. Whereas if I'm sitting up, I slump down. People get worried. You know what I mean? Yeah. And and also expressing to him my anxiety and that I might faint. He was really gentle. He was checking in with me. He took a lot of care to make sure he got it the first time. Aww. And so it made the whole experience very pleasant and also like a little nice community bonding session with this guy taking my blood, whereas it could have been just so just all awful. Well, and it usually is. I mean, that's the thing. You've done it
1: so many times and had it be just horrible. Yes.
0: You know my awfulness of getting my blood (laughs) taken. So I just realized, why don't I always do this? There's so many situations where it's really no skin off the other person's nose to make a situation better, but like politeness or self-consciousness makes us not express ourselves. And in expressing myself, it was a better experience for him too, by the way. (laughs) Right, so what was your ask for what you need uh, moment, Sarah?
1: Well, so yesterday I was just coughing. I mean, I could not stop coughing. Um, And we had a meeting scheduled for right after your blood draw. And it's a meeting that we have pushed so many times because we've been so crazy busy that we just couldn't do it. And finally, we were going to have this meeting. And I was just coughing and coughing. And I could picture myself, you know, in this meeting, just like coughing and blowing my nose. And I just thought, I can't do this, you know. Um, But I couldn't reach you because you were doing (laughs) the blood draw. Yes. and usually I'd be like, is this okay? Can we can't, you know, and I texted you and I didn't hear back. And then I was just like, I have to do it. I like, I can't do this meeting. I'm yeah. gonna, It's going to be terrible. So I texted Kimberly and was like, okay, tell them I'm incredibly sorry, but we have to push again. And it, again, it goes against our nature of obligation in a way a feeling like we have to do certain things. Yeah. But sometimes you just have to ask for what you need. And I'm sure they don't care. Like people understand you being sick and not being able to do things. Absolutely you
0: know. people understand. Yeah. And the the truth is, and here's like a sort of let's call it a bonus take a hike or a bonus hack or a bonus, whatever you want to call it. We never should have set that meeting the first two times. <laughs> Right. We knew we were too busy to do the meeting. We, in our guts, knew we do not have time for a meeting. But because we're programmed, when someone wants to set a meeting to say yes and to make it work, we did. And then we ended up pushing it because we just had all these millions of of, of things on Fantasy Island that we had to do So I'm going to admonish us next time we're in that situation to just set the meeting for three months out rather than what we did, which is set it and then push it and then push it. And then now you're sick because you're completely run down.
1: This is what I was thinking about. It's it's really about questioning your assumptions. Hmm. Like we assume that when someone wants to set a meeting with us, we should take it. And we've talked about this before and talked about how we're not going to do that right now. And yet- We did. Yeah. (laughs) But like with you, with your blood draw, your assumption is, or was previously, that you had to drive to Beverly Hills to your doctor's office, right? And my assumption was that we should do this meeting. Like, it all starts from like a base of accepting something that isn't necessarily true.
0: Yes, you're absolutely right. We should all be questioning the baseline to start with.
1: Yes. Like, I think one of the first times this came up for us was when we were maybe producers or something. And we realized that showrunners could say where they want to do things. That like the location in Los Angeles, you know, if something is on the east side, and you live on the west side, your life is ruined, basically, yes. if you have to drive there all the time. And that showrunners can sort of say like, well, I live in the valley. So I need this show to be valley centered, because I'm going to be working 24 hours a day. And I'm not going to have time to spend four hours in a car.
0: Yes. Sean Ryan yes. being someone who taught us that because he lives in the valley and he managed to get an office that was like three blocks from his house.
1: Yes. And it's a classic ask for what you need. Like yeah. you have to know that you can ask and that there are alternatives. Yes. So now we try to do that.
0: Yes. But you're right. You have to trigger the ask. Like in your own mind, you have to even think to ask before you can actually ask.
1: Yeah. You have to know that your basic assumptions aren't necessarily yes. true.
0: Yes. So let's help each other with that when we... Okay. Because I think we don't tend to do that, but I'm we are evolving Yes, we are. Every day. Um, I would (laughs) love to hear from listeners if there's a time they asked for what they needed and either got it or didn't get it, or if people were surprised that they asked, because it's just interesting to see how people frame this. Yes. So email us or send us a voice memo to happierinhollywood at gmail.com. Okay, Liz, it is time for the debut of
1: our brand new Behind The episode segment. Every week, we're going to go behind the scenes of the episode that airs that week. We've been getting so many questions about episodes, we thought we would just dive a little deeper.
0: Yes. So this week was the third episode, Quantum Entanglement. And I'll just read the logline, Sarah. Flamboyant, eccentric Eileen wants to spend time with her estranged daughter and her family, but they refuse to see her. Disillusioned physics professor Charles wants to know if there is something more out there. Now, Sarah, we should say there will be spoilers. So fast forward if you haven't watched the episode. Yes, go watch it right now. Yes. Just a couple of fun little facts, Sarah. So this episode was written by our co-EP, Adria Lang, who's wonderful. And we joke, Sarah, that every person on the show had a breakdown at some point because it was (laughs) such a crazy schedule. Uh, Um, We've talked about our breakdowns. Um, We were saying that to Adria and she said, well, my breakdown was right before I wrote Quantum Entanglement (laughs) because she you know, we really were still figuring out the show at the beginning. And she had written a whole other outline, very detailed 18 page, whatever outline for a completely (laughs) different episode, which we then tossed because we decided it really wasn't the show. No (laughs) fault of her outline, just figuring out the show. And so she was like left with no time and no episode. And it I mean, she had help, of course, but like we had to come up with a whole new episode and she had to then write it extremely quickly. And so she was just like, how am I going to do this? And of course, it always hurts your confidence when something you do gets tossed, even if it has nothing to do with you, which it usually doesn't. Oh, I would say it almost always doesn't. (laughs) No, exactly. (laughs) Yeah. But then Adria popped up with this amazing script. Where you and I were just smiling and laughing as we read it. Yeah. You predicted that it would end up airing third, which it did.
1: Yes. I tried to get us to change the shoot order because yes. I was like, this is totally going to air third.
0: Yes. Just again, because some episodes, it has nothing to do with their quality, but just some go better in different slots. Yeah. Anyway, so so that was just like this gift that Adria then handed us after all of that, handed us this really just great episode. With this just amazing sort of
1: larger-than-life, wonderful, incredibly engaging woman at the center who's played by Debbie Morgan, who, I mean, I think it would have been hard for a lot of actors to pull off this role, to just sort of be able to fully embody Yes. Who Eileen is. And Debbie Morgan just came in and was just like, yeah, I got this. Don't worry about it. Yeah. And it was so interesting because like Kiara Barnes, who plays Ruby, later we ran into her and she was just like watching Debbie Morgan work made me more fearless as an actor, which I thought was amazing. She was just like, she just does it. And if it doesn't work, fine, she'll do something else. But she just like goes for it. Yeah, And it was really cool to watch her be this character, not just for us, but apparently for the other actors on
0: set. <laughs> so- uh, yes. And we should mention, well, a couple of things. One, in the episode, Eileen becomes invisible. Yes. And one of the themes we dealt with was that, you know, women of a certain age, and it's not a very high age, we all looked it up, and some say after 35, which is really crazy, um, that women become invisible, where it's not even that they're just not given respect. It's actually that they literally become invisible. Like, people don't even notice them when they come in the room. And so that was a theme we were um, exploring in this episode. And again, that Debbie just sort of embrace that now any she's never going to be invisible which is one of the points of the episode but that was really great and i wanted to mention sarah that we had this was like our soap star extravaganza episode. yes yes so debbie was a big soap star she played angie baxter hubbard on all my children and was the first african american to win the daytime emmy award for outstanding supporting actress in 1989 And then, of course, Kiara Barnes, who plays Ruby, um, starred on Bold and the Beautiful for the last few years. And Kimberly McCullough, who directed the episode, is also a soap star. She was known for her role as Robin Scorpio on General Hospital, which she started playing when she was seven, Sarah. I know, Like, talk about somebody who knows how to be on a set. (laughs) Oh, my God. She literally (laughs) grew up on a set. Yeah. And then one thing that is super fun for anyone who's a fan of The Shield, which is the show you and I did with Sean Ryan and Where I Met Adam, we didn't realize until after we'd already booked her as a director, but Kimberly McCullough played Dina, who was one of everyone's favorite characters on The Shield. She was this sociopathic teenager, Who would steal cars. Yeah, we like looked at her credits and watched her reel.
1: And, you know, we were like, oh, yeah, she's really great. We should book her. And then we found a picture and we were like, oh, my God, it's Dina.
0: Yeah. So that was super fun.
1: (laughs) And then, Liz, we also, of course, have to talk about Cliff Chamberlain, who plays Charles in the episode. This is an episode where the A story and the B story intersect in a really beautiful way. And I think if we hadn't had the exact right person to play Charles, he plays a scientist who kind of needs to see something beyond science. He's feeling very kind of hopeless because he feels like everything is explainable and he needs to experience something inexplicable. And he finds that in Eileen. And it's just such a beautiful story. And I, I think it would have been not nearly as good if he if we hadn't had such an incredibly strong actor. Like, Absolutely, he is so good.
0: Yes, so yes, Cliff Chamberlain totally came through. Science's character can be hard to play. Yes, and he really brought that warmth and humor to the character of Charlie. and sexiness and sexiness which we needed. Yes. <laughs> So I hope everyone enjoyed Quantum Entanglement. If you haven't watched it, please do, because as we said, it matters when you watch. Go to Hulu, give it a watch, let us know what you think. And also, we got a lot of Fantasy Island conversation going on in our Facebook group. So if you want to talk Fantasy Island, search for us on Facebook and we will let you into the Facebook group. Coming up, we have a post-sort-of-pandemic outing that you might enjoy. But first, a break. Okay, Sarah, it's time for this week's Hollywood Hack. I pick theaters right now. So <laughs> if you don't know what an I pick theater, and this is for people in L.A., they're in other cities as well, um, but it is a Hollywood hack. There are theaters that are fairly small and have huge reclining seats, and you can get a blanket delivered to your seat, which we all needed a movie theater, and (laughs) table service. So you can order dinner, drinks, you push a button, a waiter comes. It's just a delightful experience. So, Sarah, Adam and I took Jack last night to see Jungle Cruise at the IPIC Theater in Westwood. Uh Uh-huh. It was our first time in a movie theater since before January 2020. Yeah. Um, So that was extremely exciting. You really forget how great it is to see a movie on a big screen. Like, it really is a better experience. But why I really wanted to highlight iPic theaters right now is because they've reduced their prices. So it can be quite expensive to go to an iPic theater because it's a special experience. Yes. But right now on weekdays for adults it's sixteen dollars, nineteen seventy five on the weekends. For kids, ten dollars on the weekdays, eleven dollars on the weekends. That's quite a price reduction. Yes. from where they were. And I'm sure it's because of the pandemic.
1: Yes. And just to emphasize, the seats are really are spread apart. Like you've, you really feel like you're in your own private theater because you're not close to people.
0: Yes. You really do feel spread apart. You wear your mask when you're not eating. Also in the small theater, which we were in, they only have 50% capacity. So it was only, they could only hold about 10 people, you know, with that. And as it yeah. was, we were the only people there because it was a weeknight. (laughs) So you might have your own place. You literally might have your own private theater. And one thing that occurred to me when we were there is it would be a really fun thing to do with another family or two other families or a group of friends. You could, if you booked in advance, book out a whole small theater because it's not very many seats. And then you really don't have to worry about COVID. Right.
1: If you have a bunch of vaccinated, cautious friends, you could all get together in a safe environment.
0: Yes. And, you know, it's just great to support our local theaters who have struggled so much. So not that I want anyone to risk getting COVID, but depending on your personal situation, this is something that you might really enjoy right now. For me, it was such a pick-me-up because it was like life back to normal sort of thing and it was a great outing so
1: wanted to share was i want to know how the movie was because i was actually thinking about buying it on tv really fun jack
0: loved it the rock is always great
1: (laughs) when i love it's emily blunt isn't it i love her
0: she's awesome so yeah i recommend it
1: all right maybe that'll be our weekend thing
0: And that's it for this episode of Happier in Hollywood. We love to hear from you. Email us or send us a voice memo to happierinhollywood at gmail.com. Thanks for listening and please subscribe if you haven't already.
1: Thanks to our executive producer, the amazing Chuck Reed. Apologies, Chuck, to you for today and the many cuts you're going to have to do for my coughing. You can follow them on Instagram at Sancola Sound. Thanks to everyone at Cadence 13.
0: And as always, thank you to Gretchen Rubin. Happier in Hollywood is part of the Onward Project. Check out the other Onward Project podcasts Happier with Gretchen Rubin, Side Hustle School, and Do the Thing from Whole30's Melissa Urban. And check out the newest Onward Project podcast, Everything Happens with Kate Bowler.
1: Get in touch. I'm on Instagram at S. Fane and Liz is at Liz Craft. We also have a Facebook group. Search for Happier in Hollywood on Facebook to join in on the conversation. Until next week, I'm Liz Craft. And I'm Sarah Fain. Thanks for joining us. It's a fun job. And we enjoy it. Liz, I'm sorry, I feel like you did the heavy lifting today because I'm not talking so beautifully.
0: <laughs> I was trying to just keep going because I didn't want you to have to say much. So <laughs> hopefully you. hopefully it doesn't just sound like me droning on and on. <laughs> <laughs> Next week you can talk more. Okay, I'll try.